I'm going to send the mic directly to my guy, Zach, on the mic. Zach, how's it going? Well, what's going on, my guy? Happy to be here as always. And honestly, I wish I could say the same when it comes to uh, when I found out about the Kevin Durant trade. I was uh, awakened this morning to the news. I was shocked. But honestly, you know, this has happened a few times to me over the course of the last few months. You know, Aaron Judge is re-signing with the Yankees. That happened first thing in the morning. Woke up to that. We could laugh about this now, but Carlos Correa, when we thought he signed with the Mets at first. I woke up to that news as well. So I'm getting used to waking up to breaking news. And I feel like when that happens, you don't even have time to react. You're just like, shoot, what did I miss? You're, you're just scrolling, making sure you got all the details. But I'm all cut up. There were a bunch of trades that went on uh, in the NBA with the trade deadline today. Looking forward to breaking it all down with you here on Not 1999 anymore. As always, let's do it. Absolutely. And you know what, Coach Mello? It's going to be okay, my brother. All right, just hold your head up, man. Hold your head up. It's all going to be good. Just act like it never happened. Act like KD and Kyrie Irving never came to Brooklyn. For those of y'all that don't know, our 99 pod contributor, Coach Mello, is a diehard Brooklyn Nets fan. Okay, so I know he's feeling under the weather today. I saw his social media platforms. He went on live. I never seen him go on live before. He got a lot on his mind. He actually went into work. He's like, I don't even want to stay home. Let me clock in. Okay, there's a lot of things going on with Coach, but it's going to be all right. And we also got a special guest that's going to be coming on this show in a few minutes, probably for the next topic, and do Janae Bland. So we got a locked and loaded show today, and we might as well begin right now in the NBA. Okay, talking about the mega deal that went down last night when people were sleeping, not named Lil. Or the Suns, the favorites to win the NBA title after landing the superstar known as Kevin Durant, Zach. Yeah, well, this is a very intriguing topic. And the first thing I'll say about the Suns getting Kevin Durant and the overall landscape of the NBA, I think this move officially puts an end to the super team era of NBA basketball. And I'm really happy about that because for the last 10 to 15 years, these super teams have been pretty common in the NBA with teams going all in, adding as many stars as they possibly can. But we've seen it with the Brooklyn Nets. We've seen it with a couple other situations as well that recently these super teams, they haven't been winning. You have the LeBron James, Anthony Davis title in Los Angeles. But aside from that, the teams that have won the finals recently have really been teams that have been homegrown, teams that have been developed by just their own moves. And I think with the Phoenix Suns and this move, what it tells me is honestly like, to me, and we, well, I'm curious what, how, how you feel about this, but the NBA in general to me feels pretty wide open right now. I think you could definitely make a case that the Phoenix Suns are the favorites to win the title after this move. They have Kevin Durant now. They have Devin Booker. They have Chris Paul. I mean, there are some concerns I have aside, like what else they have aside from those three guys, especially at the wing position. I mean, that was one of the first things I did after finding out about this trade news. I actually went on to ESPN.com and looked at the updated Phoenix Suns depth chart. And when I got to the wing position, it was literally just Kevin Durant and not a whole bunch else. But I look at the Phoenix Suns in this Western Conference, this kind of similar to the Dallas Mavericks before they made the Kyrie trade. They were a team that has had some success in the postseason the last two years. They made it uh, to the finals two years ago. They had a really disappointing ending last year in the conference semis to the Dallas Mavericks. But this year, they've been really disappointing, right? Devin Booker has been hurt. Chris Paul has looked old at times. And the Suns were pretty disappointing. But this move definitely puts them back at least into the picture. And I think with Kevin Durant, 
you know, he's still one of the five, maybe even better uh, best players in the NBA right now. So I know people are going to have their opinions about what the Suns gave up, you know, giving up four first round picks, giving up uh, Mikhail Bridges, a really good player, giving up Cam Johnson, a really good player as well. But I think anytime you have the opportunity to trade for Kevin Durant, without giving up Chris Paul, without giving up uh, Devin Booker, without giving up DeAndre Ayton, you're going to have to do it. So I credit the Suns. I credit their new owner, Matt Ishbia. I think him taking over at this time had a lot to do with the trade going down so quickly. I don't know if you saw the reports, but it uh, originally was looking like their initial move was going to be trading for John Collins. And then their owner was like, nah, we're, we're going for the gusto. One of the 15, 20 best players in the history of the NBA is available for trade. Let's do it. And they decided to make the big move. And I mean, in terms of where this ranks, in terms of biggest trades in NBA history, I don't necessarily know if it's the top, if you could put it at the number one spot, but I've never seen a player as good as Kevin Durant, who's still, you know, I don't want to say he's in his prime, but he still has a lot of really good basketball left. I think I've never really seen a player like this get traded before. So this is a historical deal in the NBA. Do I think it makes the Suns the overwhelming team to beat? I don't. But at the same time, I don't think there is a real clear concrete favorite in the NBA right now. I think any team you name has a ton of concerns. So I think this move puts the Phoenix Suns right into that title conversation. And for them, for that reason, I, I think it's a pretty good deal for them and one that had to be made. Before I get my take on the question, you know, in regards to the Sun side of things, I do want to react to the trade from Brooklyn's perspective here. You know, I think Brooklyn are complete idiots. And I'm ashamed to be a guy from Brooklyn, born and raised, and know that Brooklyn is out here getting fleeced. The way how they handled this situation was poor. I'm going to start off with the Kyrie Irving situation. All right, we knew everything was inevitable. We knew once you traded away Kyrie Irving that Kevin Durant was next. But... To me, when you start off with that Kyrie Irving deal, matter of fact, KD deal, then we go to Kyrie Irving, right? I'm going to save the best for last. You trade Kevin Durant. And I'm not saying you're wrong. You was going to have to trade him regardless, pretty much. But he signed under contract for the next three years. You didn't have to make that deal within a day or two. Like, to me, that's idiotic. We have never seen a trade of that magnitude. That's something that you have to get right. That's something that needs time, okay, to complete a deal like that. You could have rated to the offseason where teams that didn't win a championship are now scrambling to try to piece together a roster of contention and sweeten the pie a little bit and be aggressive and outbid the other. Okay, there's probably some teams that didn't even know Kevin Durant was up for sale that could have bargained in there and tried to get Kevin Durant. So you're stupid for that, right? You didn't have to trade in this year, but you did. Okay, cool. Now you play this petty game if you're Joe Sauer with Kyrie Irving. You sent him to the Mavericks, right? Because your objective was, I don't want to trade him to the Lakers. Cool. He's a free agent this summer. He can end up on the Lakers. All right. So you cut off your nose to spite your face. He can end up there. And matter of fact, you literally sent him to the best situation to literally get what he wants because he could either, after this season, sign a four year max deal, which a lot of people think is highly unlikely, or he can do a two plus three or, a, you know, a plus deal, two years, three years. And you really think for one second that the Mavs were going to trade all that up to have Christian Wood, who's on an expiring contract, walk in free agency, and Kyrie Irving walk too, along with Jalen Brunson, who walked the year before, and you trying to keep Luka happy? No, they're going to pay Kyrie Irving to some capacity. You sent him to the best situation you could have. So you playing petty actually worked to Kyrie Irving's benefit. Kyrie Irving won that battle face-off between Joe Sy and Kyrie Irving. 
and he's playing next to Luka Doncic. Okay, so the Nets were in total disarray, and they did not handle this situation right. But to answer the question from the Suns' perspective, and Zach, I give you a chance to respond to anything that I've said. I think it does make them the favorite because I think they have the fundamentals of what a super team really is. You know, you have everybody in, in this lineup can get a bucket. Everybody in this lineup. They even got TJ Warren. So TJ Warren is going to have a easy time picking apart his mismatches when you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to worry about. We all know CP3 is a great leader, and he still has some game left, even if he's at the back end. DeAndre Ayton, I mean, outside of Jokic and Embiid, there's no, you know, top, top center. Like it's Embiid, Jokic, and everybody else. So he's he could be three, four, and five, whole entire NBA. So you have a great team. This is the team that Kevin Durant succeeded in, in a team where he doesn't have to be the leader, right? The voice of the locker room, and he was on Golden State, was Draymond Green holding him accountable and holding him in check. Now over here, you got CP3 to hold you in check and all that. So when Kevin Durant can go into an ecosystem where he does not need to be a leader, he does not need to, you know, win the game by himself, all he has to go out there is to hoop and make shots. Now you're talking about a scary team to beat. And that's what the Suns is, a scary team to beat. And that's why I have to say yes, barring that nobody gets hurt, because that's another can of worms we can open up. Devin Booker, hamstring issues, um, a growing issue that he had where he was out five weeks. CP3, we all know his history and rap sheet with injuries. Kevin Durant is another injury-prone guy ever since he tore that Achilles. So injuries, of course, yes, could make this question look stupid. But if they are healthy together on the floor, this is the move that needed to be made, and it makes them the favorite to come out the West. Yeah, I do agree uh, with that in the sense that I think the Suns are a really good spot for Kevin Durant. I think really since Kevin Durant uh, left Oklahoma City for Golden State, he's been searching for that kumbaya, searching for the fan base that really embraces him and wraps his arm around him. And this is a Suns team that they've come really close to getting to that ultimate goal and winning the NBA Finals over the course of the last two years. And if Kevin Durant could be the guy that puts them over the top, I definitely think he will be remembered like a god in Phoenix. This is a we're going to get into the Cardinals later. This is a, a a place right now in Arizona that they haven't really seen a lot of winning in any sport over the course of the last few years. So I definitely think uh, Phoenix is a solid spot to go to from Kevin Durant's perspective. But I wanted to trigger back to Brooklyn and this thing from the Nets' perspective. And I'll start off by saying this: like I remember exactly where I was in the summer of 2019. When the Nets decided to bring in Kevin Durant, they decided to bring in Kyrie Irving. And if you would have told me on that day that the Brooklyn Nets during the Durant Irving era would only win one playoff series, they wouldn't even get to a conference final. That is was very unlikely at the time. And I don't even know if anyone would have believed you. And for that reason, Will, you know, we're we're both native New Yorkers. We've been around this the, the, the sports scene in this town for a really long time. Like I think this is up there with the biggest failure and the biggest disappointment in the history of New York sports, right? Like this is pretty worse. This is much worse than the Nets giving up all their picks for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And those picks originally became Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Like the Nets with this move, like I, I can't blame them because I think anyone would have done it. We all remember how disappointed we were from the Knicks perspective that the Knicks didn't uh, get these two guys in. But at the end of the day, you look at it right now. Like if you ask me straight up, 
who would I rather have as the point guard of my team, Kyrie Irving or Jalen Brunson? I'm going with Jalen Brunson. And when it comes to Kyrie Irving, there's no doubt about it. He's very talented. And I do also agree. Like, I, I think the Mavs fit is intriguing. I think that was a move they had to do, even though when it comes to Kyrie Irving, he's just a guy that can't be trusted. And I know you could have your critiques of Joe Sy in terms of where he decided to, to ship him and the fact that he didn't want to send him to LA. And I do think there's some truth to that. But at the end of the day, like Kyrie Irving, when he was a Brooklyn net, he didn't prioritize playing basketball. And when you're, when you're an owner and when you're paying someone so much money, when you're making him and Kevin Durant make a lot of the organizational decisions, I don't blame the Brooklyn Nets for just saying enough is enough. There's no doubt about it. They maybe could have gotten more during the summer if, if they decided to move on from these guys. And Kyrie Irving, as a pure basketball talent, he's unreal. There's no doubt about that. But every situation that Kyrie has been in, he's left with it just being a disaster, with it being much worse than when he entered into it. And when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets, the one critique I'll have for them is when they traded Kyrie Irving and got the package they got back, right? They get Finney Smith. They get a bunch of draft picks. Um, They got Dinwiddie from Dallas as well. That move, I thought, signaled to me that, okay, they're going to hold on to Kevin Durant for the rest of the season because the, those uh, assets that they got back, they weren't really indicative to me that they were going to rebuild. You know, you get Finney Smith, you get Dinwiddie. Those guys are helpful players that can help you win right now. But then they decide to trade Kevin Durant and you know, their season is just about over, which is also crazy considering they are in the number five seed in the Eastern conference right now. And prior to Kevin Durant getting hurt, they went on like an 18 and two run. They were playing great basketball. So uh, the fact that it got to this point, I just think the Nets said enough is enough. And when it comes to Kyrie Irving, he's such a talented basketball player. There's no doubt about that. And given his track record, like you have to be a special type of talented to just continue to get a load of assets back every time you're traded. And that's exactly what happened here. But when it comes to Kyrie Irving, it's hard for me to just be like really excited about getting him when you know, like the track record of winning recently has just not been there. He's a very hard guy to trust, especially to put a lot of stock into your uh, franchise in. And one last thought, like, I remember last year, right after the Nets got swept by the Boston Celtics, and it just felt like rock bottom. And it really felt to me like, okay, like the Nets, they have to move on from these guys eventually. Like Kyrie Irving is saying in the post-game press conference after he's been away from the team from 50 days, like he's saying, oh, I, I can't wait to help be a part of this organization and make the decisions to ultimately land us a winner. Like, man, isn't it just proven over and over and over again that not only with Kyrie, but with other players too, like, when players are your GM, it usually doesn't end well. I know you like uh, acquiring your friends and teaming up with your friends, but usually it doesn't end well. And even Kyrie saying last night when he was asked about the trade, like, oh, how do you feel about it? Oh, thank God Kevin Durant went out of Brooklyn. Like, just, dude, shut your mouth. Enough is enough. Listen, man, I think there was a whole lot of a whole lot of Kyrie Irving focus in your take and not enough Kevin Durant focus because if we're going to talk about GMs Kevin Durant was a GM he's the one that influenced the coaching hire of Steve Nash he was the one that said I want to push for the James Harden deal and ship away guys like Kavis Levert and Spencer I, I believe Spencer left in free agency but Jared Allen you know other guys that were role players that actually built the culture that you said I was attracted to when I wanted to help build okay so we can start off there Listen, Kevin Durant needs to have, if not the same amount of blame than Kyrie, more. 
because he's the star that has been hurt. He came to Brooklyn rehabbing for a whole year. Let's not forget that. When Brooklyn signed him, he did not play for that first entire year because he was rehabbing. And I understand that a lot of people will say, you know, well, he was injured. Injuries is unavailability too. Okay, whether or not you don't want to participate in a New York City requirement if you're Kyrie Irving, right? Okay, that, that's unavailability. But Kevin Durant always getting hurt is unavailability too. Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving played more games than Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson got a raise for not doing nothing last year. He did not play last year, and he got a contract extension. Anthony Davis, same thing. That's why the Lakers stink right now, or they trying to piece it together so they think, right? But Anthony Davis is on the floor. That's why they keep losing. Everybody say, what's the Westbrook? LeBron J. No, it's Anthony Davis. So when your stars are not available for whatever reason, whether it's I'm not going to take the jab, whether it's I'm hurt, they all have to share the blame. And matter of fact, to put the icing on the cake, the Nets were the best team in basketball this season for a 20-game stretch. They literally went 18 out of 20. You know how hard it is to win 18 out of 20 games? Kyrie Irving was cooking up. I would argue he was the number one cooking up. But then what happened? Kevin Durant got hurt, and they started losing games. So Kevin Durant has to take the majority blame here. He said, you know what? I'm going to take LeBron James' blueprint and stack the deck in my favor. But as much as I get on LeBron James for doing just that, because I think it's a cheap way to enhance your legacy, he went everywhere he went. Whether it was Miami, whether it was back to Cleveland, whether it's L.A., everywhere he went, he won. So as much as I want to take some of that credit away, I have to sit back and say, well, he won. Over here in Brooklyn, the, the focus was bringing Kevin Durant, not Kyrie Irving. We all heard those reports. They was not interested in Kyrie Irving. They was interested in Kevin Durant. That's like me inviting you to my crib and you bring Zay and I don't want Zay to come through and Zay messes up my house. I'm going to look at you, Zach. Fix your mans. Shout out to my dude, Zay. You know what I'm saying? Just a little comparison there. So it's Kevin Durant here, and it's Kyrie Irving. But Kevin Durant has to take majority blame. Once they traded Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant did not want to stay, so he was more tied into Kyrie Irving than the actual franchise that he signed with. So that tells you a lot. And here we are. Well, I think that for me, the number one thing I would blame Kevin Durant for is the fact that he decided to go to Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and team up with him. Like Kevin Durant put all of his eggs in the Kyrie Irving basket. And I understand like Durant has been injured a lot throughout his time in Brooklyn. And that's definitely something to get on him for. But at the same time, I just look at the situation and like Kevin Durant literally could have gone anywhere it, during that free agency in 2019 Literally any team he could have wanted to play for, he could have went to. And he decided to put all of his eggs into that Kyrie Irving basket when we know like everywhere Kyrie Irving has been has just ended in disastrous form. And keep in mind, these aren't bad situations like that Celtic team that he went to. Honestly, like to this day, as a basketball fan in my years watching NBA, like that team had some of the best talent together like I've ever seen with. Kyrie and a young Tatum, a young Brown, a young Marcus Smart, Al Horford was still in his prime. Like that was a great situation in Boston that Kyrie really should have led them to a title. Like that team was unreal and it didn't work out there in Brooklyn. Him and Kevin Durant had all the power. And I understand like Durant is responsible for a lot of these decisions as well. And he definitely deserves some blame here, but like, that's my critique of Kevin Durant. Like he put everything into Kyrie Irving when everyone saw like like literally like I, I was a little confused at first like from the Knicks perspective when everyone everyone wanted Kyrie and then there are people in Boston saying like 
nah, you, you don't want him. Like, I wouldn't give up anything for him. Like, just be careful. Like, I, I wouldn't do it. And I remember during that time, it's like, is Kyrie really this bad? Like, could this seriously all just blow up like that? And literally it has. I mean, one playoff series win? One? And I feel like the lasting image of us for the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Nets era is going to be that picture of Kevin Durant's uh, shoe on the line in game seven against the Bucks. If he just has one shoe size smaller, maybe the Nets end up winning that series. But man, I mean, the fact that these guys and James Harden as well, like they only won one playoff series. They couldn't even get to a conference final. And speaking of injuries, like both Kyrie and James Harden got hurt in that Bucks series as well. If that, if those don't happen, maybe the Nets could have gone a little bit farther. But I just think like my lasting image and my lasting thoughts of this is like, wow. The Nets had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and still they could only win one playoff series. That's just a total failure. Look, man, Kevin Durant is a grown man. He's a grown man that won a championship. Okay, he he won a championship. I believe he won two. He won two chips. Okay, so for people who saying that Kyrie Irving was this snake that got into his ear, yo, let's go to Brooklyn and build something. We can't put that much stock into that. This is not Adam and Eve from the Bible, where Eve went to Adam with the apple and say, eat the apple. That's what we're making it seem like. Like, Kyrie Irving influenced him. Okay, fine. Maybe he did. But he's a grown man. Kevin Durant is a champion. He's not a young guy. All right? He knows what it takes to win chips. He should know. All right? So he made that decision. He made the personnel decisions. They hired um Steve Nash. Steve Nash got fired. Terrible hire. They traded for James Harden. James Harden said, I want to go. I don't want to be here. I'm out of here. For whatever reason, Kyrie Irving's situation, fine. He requested two trades in two years, okay? He was out. So Kevin Durant, he's the main culprit here. He's the one that bought Kyrie Irving. He's the one that bought James Harden. He's the one that bought Steve Nash. Everything he asked for Brooklyn, from Brooklyn, Brooklyn did. And that's part of Brooklyn problem, too, for feeding into that, giving all that power to him. But... He asked for it, they gave it to him, and he tore it down. And now we are looking at the Brooklyn Nets and not even caring. Listen, I understand Mikel Bridges is a good player. Okay, he's a player that's always available. I get all that. Nobody played more games than him. I understand what well, they trade James J. Carter today. I understand Cam Johnson's a young guy who's gonna be, you know, gonna have a nice roll call out for him in Brooklyn. I understand that. They need to send Ben Simmons back to the G League, to be honest with you, okay? Because he can't shoot a basket to save his life. But at the same time, Nobody cares about Brooklyn no more. So have fun. Nobody cares about you. You're going to be on League Pass. You're not going to be – nobody going to go to the games anymore. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Knicks fan, but that used to be the hangout spot, the Barclays Center. I'm not going there to watch Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. So, yeah, back to irrelevance they go. Kyrie Irving is still Kyrie Irving on the Mavericks. Championship contention. Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. He's on a team that could be deemed a super team or ecosystem of a super team. I cannot wait to see that matchup if it happens in the playoffs, the Mavericks and the Suns. Watch that. You talk about the rivalry with Devin Booker and Luka and now Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Sign me up. We all know sports is rigged, okay? The NBA is rigged. The NFL is rigged. So all the script writers out here, the Hollywood writers for the NBA, make that script happen. I want to see it. Get my popcorn.